Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's the other guy on the other podcast, John Hogue here. And hello, Diana. Hello, hello. Ah, sounds like you're having a good time down there. Um, you know what? I'm just so pumped for this. We are gonna have so much fun. Oh, you think so? Well, that's well, the, I have, I you do. can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hogwash.com. Uh, yes, and if you go over to theothermccain.com, you'll see Stacy's blogging. Well, at least a large part of it, but you can also find him at other fine spots around the interwebs like uh, spectator.org. But, um, w- Diana, have you got anything out on the blog recently? Not recently. Um, I have been working on a, well, I've got a bunch of things I'm working on. Um, I, so I haven't had time to uh, just write something of general interest. Ah, okay. But if somebody will feed me a subject uh, about nonprofit world, I would love to discuss it. (laughs) Well, I may have one for you in a few days. I'm looking at, by the way, I'm looking at the uh, news here from uh, Ukraine, mm. and um, there was reported shelling at a town mm. called Tre- okay, Trebushiv. I don't know. Anyways, I can't. Try, uh, lay, okay, try doing this. Emphasize the first sub- syllable. Trey. And Bo- then uh, just say Bushif, and you're Ray Bushif. You're, you're, okay. Well, anyways, you're not going to be too far off. Anyways, I'm looking at this on the map, and this is east of of Brovery. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so apparently the uh, well, it just seems to me that the uh, uh, Russians are being driven back from. Uh, uh, Kiev, or they are retreating, uh, however that is. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Joe Biden's trying to get us into World War III. Well, we'll, 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 we'll get into that a little bit further down the thing. Right now, I have uh, uh, a question about you, Stacy. Are you a racketeer? No, I'm not. <laughs> but I, you, but... I, I believe I've been accused of it. Before. Yes, you were You were. Uh, <laughs> accused uh, of, of being a racketeer in a federal lawsuit. I was one of your co-defendants. I got sued in a second uh, racketeering lawsuit by the same guy. And of course, we both won uh, all the cases. But the question before the House right now is, is the Democratic National Committee, 
a racketeering enterprise. And Donald <laughs> Trump alleges, yeah, in fact, they are. He's just filed this massive lawsuit in the uh, Southern District of Florida, uh, mm -hmm. naming, well, Hillary Clinton's the lead defendant, uh, along with her campaign uh, committee, and just skipping down some of the some of the defendants, not an exhaustive list. The Democratic National Committee, uh, Michael mm -hmm. Sussman, Mark Ellis, mm -hmm. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, <laughs> Fusion GPS, Bruce and Nellie Orr, uh, mm -hmm. uh, New Star, uh, Rodney uh, Jaffe, James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, <laughs> Kevin Klein-Smith, Andrew McCabe. Uh, you know, it's it's a an interesting cast of characters there. We'll we'll see how that uh, suit goes. Well, uh, the thing is, is that it, um, uh, you know, discovery is a bitch, as they say. So, yeah. Well, so, that this assumes. Well, this assumes it's never going to get there. It's yeah. going to get kicked. Well, well, well. The other thing, though, is that basically. You read this thing, and it's a wonderful summary of, of what's happened so far in terms of what really has come out in the actual investigations to, so far. So, you know, the question is, uh, are they a racketeering enterprise? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'll leave that for other people to decide. Uh, <laughs> I have my opinion. Meanwhile, though, you know, there are various uh, shortages coming uh, because uh. of uh, all the mismanagement of the economy and everything. But it turns out one of the really severe shortages, Stacy, is there's not enough hate crimes to go around. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was reading a story, uh, by the way, in um, from NBC News, as a matter of fact. Uh, the story was, can you, uh, my headline was, can you say hate hoax, boys and girls? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one by one, student. I'm reading now from the NBC website. One by one, student leaders representing several historically black colleges and universities across the country described to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform on Thursday their anguish over the recent racially charged threats <sighs> their educational institutions had faced while emphasizing their resolve to move forward. On January 31st, and again on February 1st, at the beginning of Black History Month, 24 HBCUs, that's historically black colleges and universities, received threats that bombs were going to explode on their campuses. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, since the beginning of the year, at least 36 HBCUs have received 54 such threats. Now, hang on a second. Okay. Gee, the beginning of Black History Month and bomb threats, no bombs, but threats. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, then you Usually go that's reserved for finals. Midterms yeah, yeah. and finals are usually when you get bomb threats. Well, anyways, what's interesting here is that is that they had a house uh, a, a house committee hearing on this on Capitol Hill, and yet the FBI has been invest investigating, and that they are quote working aggressively to make arrests, calling the cases their 
quote-unquote highest priority, all six suspects are juveniles. Mm -hmm. I repeat, all six suspects are juveniles. Now, now, do you suppose that these are Hitler youth? By juveniles, you mean children? Uh, The FBI says nothing about... Yes, children. Uh, Nothing about the identity or motive of the perpetrators. Hmm. Well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Were they, were these the, the Jussie Smollett, uh, MAGA hat wearing people? (laughs) No, I kind of doubt it. And you know, the whole thing that's ridiculous about this is Mm. that, um, I got it. I got into this in the comments, um, yeah, it's a juvenile prank. Um, I don't know if it was the, I know nothing about who perpetrated it. Juveniles makes me say, eh, boys. Um, but my whole thought was, you know what? Good. They're going to go to jail because bomb threats are not funny. <laughs> no, they're not. But how do you know they're juveniles? I mean, how do you define they that? They said so. They said no, so. How- how do they know? I mean, that uh, I don't know. That I do know, not know. You know, are are they are they child development experts? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I had a don't know much about biology post this week. Uh, <laughs> when asked for the definition of the word woman, oh. uh, Judge Jackson said that she couldn't answer the question because she wasn't a biologist. Not in that context, which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, but that raises some interesting questions. First, uh, how does she know that she's a woman? Yeah, and she's a mother. (laughs) And and, and why does she believe that and by what standard? Second, how would she be able to determine if the Violence Against Women Act is an applicable statute in a particular case? (laughs) Okay. Excellent question. <laughs> she was she was also asked a bit later uh, by Senator Kennedy from Louisiana when human life begins, and she replied that she had a religious belief that she set aside when she was deciding cases. And <sighs> she was asked a follow-up question about, well, then when does equal protection of the laws apply, attach to a human being? And she said she didn't know. She's going to be deciding this sort of thing legally. Legally, uh, 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 that's not how she should have responded. Yeah. Well, I I make the case at uh, uh, at my blog. Uh, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, that first of all, it was Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee who asked mm-hmm. this question, and I've been I've been watching Blackburn. She's running mm. in 2024. Mark my words. Mm. She will. Yeah. She... It depends on it depends on uh, who else is in the field, but uh, she she will have depending on uh, the situation. She, she won't wait till 32. She'll run in 24 or 28. <laughs> well, you just watch and see. But I, I I think you're going. You you'll be seeing her go to uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina in the near future because uh, there, there's a lot of moves she has been making, and I I, th- I think she has her eyes on the prize. But well, anyways, well, she's she's from my home state, and I've been watching her actually since she was uh, a state senator. So, yeah. yeah, and then in Congress. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you would never want to cross that woman. Let me tell you what. <laughs> at, at, in 20, 2012, at the Republican National Convention, she was our, our honored guest at our blog bash we had down there. And, uh, and I just decided to play reporter <laughs> and and ask her about uh, a, a controversy that had arisen on the on the uh, platform committee of which she was the chair, <laughs> and 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 as soon as it got out of my mouth, she fixed me <laughs> fixed me with that glare, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, there was a controversy. One of some young woman, young delegate, uh, uh, was uh, trying to uh, bring up gay issues or something, mm. and they, and, you know, and you, you voted down automatically. But it, it, I had mm. asked about it, and oh my God, she just she shut me down in a hurry. But anyways, <laughs> uh, she asked uh, Katanji Brown Jackson a very simple question: "Quote." Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition, said Jackson. Yeah, said Blackburn. No, I can't, said Jackson. You can't? Not in this context, uh, said uh, Jackson. I'm not a biologist. Now, the context... That is the stupidest question response I could have imagined. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the thing is, is that the context was the, and, and um, uh, Blackburn had set it up by referring to the 1996 Supreme Court case of U.S. versus Virginia, uh, which uh, struck down the all-male status of Virginia Military Institute, VMI. Here's, here's a bit of trivia about that case. Because his son was a cadet at VMI at the time, uh, our favorite uh, justice, Justice Thomas, recused himself. Yes, and mm -hmm. so it was a seven-to-one vote um, uh, against VMI, which just makes me sick. Uh, to this day, that makes me angry, and it's been, what, mm -hmm. 25 years? Uh, it was wrongly decided. I'm sorry. It just was. And I, I, I explain that you have to say, what was the intent of the authors of the 14th Amendment, okay, <laughs> when they wrote the Equal Protection Clause but in the, there? But, but in the context of, uh, of that case and then asking her to define woman. Right. Right, like, right, mm -hmm. right, okay. and and, and so who, do, who who are we letting into VMI? Right, yeah. right. Well, well <laughs> essentially, yeah. But then um, USA Today uh, <sighs> did an article with the headline that said, "Science says there's no simple <clears throat> answer." And I oh. will absolutely say that uh, I the engineering to response to that is. Bullshit. Yeah, well, and the response from a woman is, "You're nuts," basically. Yeah. Well, I I want to say that how did we get here? Okay, and it involves <laughs> academia. It uh, does. There was a book 
and years ago when I was when I was working at the Washington Times, I picked up off the discard table. Now, what is the <laughs> discard table? The book section, the book editor, right, uh, that did the book reviews. Uh, when mm-hmm. they were through with books or if they got a book that they didn't really want, they would put it on the discard table. And I stocked up my library. And one of the books I got published in the year 2000 was called Sexing the Body, Gender, Politics, and the Construction of Sexuality by Ann Fausto Sterling. Now, if you want to read that book, good luck. But but here's what Ann Fausto Sterling did. Is she took a the anomalous cases, right? The rare mm-hmm. anomalies, the hermaphrodites, mm-hmm. had, you know, or people with, you know, uh, some sort intersex of... Intersex people, right. Right, intersex people or, or uh, hermaphrodites, whatever you want to call them. And she used this as an argument that the categories of male and female um, don't really uh, don't really exist, uh, and, oh. and and that they, that these categories are meaningless, and and that book, along with Judith Butler's book Gender Trouble, has created this idea that that we don't know what a woman is. Now I'm a man, I know this, and John is a man. I have a wife who is a woman. We have six children, my wife and I, four boys and two girls. Never has there been any doubt about the gender of any of the people I'm speaking of. You know? Well, that's because gender is gender a property is of words. Yeah, gender is a property of words, and your children aren't words. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's, here's the thing. It, this, did you take geometry in high school? Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Do you remember the difference between congruent triangles and equal triangles? Oh my goodness! Yes. See now you're now it's you're, been a long I was time. There would yeah. be no math. Well, there actually is no math per se, but the point is, is that things that are equal are exactly the same. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, things that are congruent are the same shape, but they're right. not necessarily equal. All equal mm-hmm. things are congruent, but not all congruent things are equal. Is I guess the way to say right. it. And the thing is, is that you and I topologically are congruent, Stacy, but uh, Diana and I aren't. <laughs> okay, don't. I, I don't okay. want to get into geometry. No, no, here. no. But basically, we're not shaped the same. We're put together differently. We have different mm-hmm. parts, and it goes all the way down to the uh, the end chromosome in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got a Y and Diana doesn't. Right. And, yeah. you know, that's that. Well, that's ultimate, not fair. That, fair's uh, that's, got, fair's fair. got nothing to do with how the universe works. Well, not only that, <laughs> as we used to say in Boy Scouts, fair's a Girl Scout law. Ooh. <laughs> Ow. Sorry. <laughs> now, I will say I will say about that. Um, remember that I'm the girl who who absolutely refused to do. I was forced to do a year of brownies, and after that, I got mulish. So, well, you know, I'm I'm an Eagle Scout, and my wife was a 
uh, a senior uh, went all the way in uh, Girl Scouts. So you know, oh, she went all the way in Girl Scouts. Yes. Who? who? Tell, tell. <laughs> I, I, I got a million You're such of a them, juvenile. Hey, <laughs> try the meal. Uh, and don't forget to tip your waitress. <laughs> Stacy, I think you have a real problem with equality. Yeah, I, I did a post this week, uh, one of my mm-hmm. longer ones uh, uh, recently, called The Problem with Equality. And I began by quoting something that I wrote in 2010, talking mm-hmm. about the problem with the idea of equality, equality mm-hmm. with a capital E, denoting its status as a religion to some people. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I, I went through this in in, in my uh, book, Sex Trouble, uh, explaining that when uh, most people, uh, when when you start talking about equality. Uh, they think of it in terms of basic fairness, okay? Everybody take turns, you know, be fair to other people, okay? But this is not how radicals see equality. Uh, and and the radical egalitarians, uh, you know, have, have, have become, as I call them, the high priests of the cult of equality, and uh, so it should not be necessary for me to explain what is wrong with equality because such eminent thinkers as Edmund Burke have already made the argument with such clarity that no honest and intelligent person could fail to grasp the point. And yet here we are in 2022 dealing with David French. French oh my again. God. Oh my God! Hey, look, folks. I I have blocked all those never Trump people, right? I mm-hmm. I I, can, I don't never see a word that Jonah Goldberg says. I you know that that uh, Tom Nichols. I don't even know that he exists. And and this David Fritch has become such an embarrassment to himself mainly. Um. And I, but I found him quoted in hot air headlines, and I think we know who was responsible for that, a la pundit. Uh, and so I found myself one morning deciding that I had to give him the kind of bitch slapping he deserves. Um, but anyway, so I, I went back and I explained that insofar as any two things are different, They are not equal. This is a fundamental principle of mathematics and its application to human affairs seems logical enough that further explanation should be unnecessary. But this this is how we get here, okay? You see, is that the problem with too many conservatives is that they want to stipulate the premise of the left's argument and then expect that they're going to reach a different conclusion. But you can't do that. You have to challenge the basic premise of the syllogism, okay? And and to start with, uh, no two individuals, okay, 
we are different enough as people that that we can't we, the idea of equality okay you see is is it's just flawed from the start you it mean larry not. bird might be better basketball player than me Right, right, yes. right, right, right. Or, or you might be me- better at math than I am. Might. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, and and but these, but these people, as I, I, I borrow Eric Vogelin's phrase, that they are immunitizing the eschaton. They're trying to bring mm-hmm. about a condition of heaven on earth, of perfect equality, and they believe that they have this mandate that they are on the right side of history in doing this. And it is, uh, they're destroying, uh, they're really destroying the country with it. But I, mm. I've said enough. Well, yes. I, I could rant forever. Well, but, but the- that's, that's the problem with, okay. There are certain kinds of things where we should be equal. For example, we should have equal standing before the law. Correct. Uh, there's there's some things like that, uh, uh, but, uh, but a woman are... isn't a man. That's Leah right. Thomas did not get did not win that that swim meet title because she practiced harder or because she worked harder. She he, no he... Leah Thomas is a man who and... outswam a bunch of women and training and that... military officers. Okay, excuse mm-hmm. me. A, a, a male, this is, I, uh, historically, uh, warfare has been a man's job. Historically. Yes. Okay, it's not just the United States. It's mm-hmm. the whole effing world. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're, you're talking about world history here. And mm-hmm. we're just going to pretend that that doesn't exist. And we're going to put women in combat. And no. when that doesn't work out. Uh, we're going to say that didn't work. So let's do it some more. Right, right, right. The, the answer is always the answer to the failure of equality is always more equality. Well, I don't think you according understand. According to I, the egalitarian. Well, no, 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 no. Look, the problem is, is that. Some animals are more equal than others. Ah. Uh, and an example of that came out over the last few months uh, with the gerrymander that's been going on here in Maryland. Uh, the legislature uh, came up with a redistricting map that basically eliminates the possibility that any Republican could be elected to Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. And some voters sued. Uh, alleging that it violates various provisions of the state's the state constitution. It's not even a federal case. It's a state case in a state court. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, Judge Lynn Battaglia, who is a mm-hmm. retired uh, judge from our uh, Court of Appeals, which and is a Democrat. Democrat. Oh, boy, is she a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she uh, was appointed to the Court of Appeals by a Democrat governor, before that, she was the U.S. Attorney for the State of Maryland, appointed by Bill Clinton. Before that, she was Chief of Staff for Senator Barbara Mikulski. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, but she, uh, she ruled, uh, sitting as a circuit court judge uh, um, in senior status, she ruled that um, the gerrymander violated the uh, state constitution and ordered the General Assembly to draft a new map. Meanwhile, the State Court of Appeals 
has postponed the state's primary uh, and the oh. filing dates for that. So yeah, they ha they had to um, postpone the primary because this map, um, you know. By the way, the existing map was bad, but <sighs> to make it worse, okay, uh, it took some kind of work. Okay, it took uh, malice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you know it's uh, you know it is a uh, but I tell you what the gerrymandering going on. If you want to look at uh, Gerald Nadler's district in New York, oh my God, that is a human rights violation. That the United Nations ought to condemn uh, what they have I done. I think he represents them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. anyways, but but at one point. The uh, Gerald Nadler's district consists of a bridge across the uh, Hudson River. Okay. Well, yeah. That, that, yeah. There's, well, there, there was, there was a place, uh, a, a place or it's a, a, no, it's a, it's a bridge across the East River. But, but anyways, but, I'm yeah, but the, the, uh, the, the classic thing, uh, is, uh, there was a, uh, gerrymander in North Carolina about around the turn of the century where it ran 10 miles down an interstate highway with no, uh, no population included. <laughs> yeah. Do not open the doors. You'd, you'd, you'd actually be out the doors of your car. You'd actually be outside the district. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's, you know, but um, what they have, what they had try apparently were trying to do, with the map in Gerald Nadler's district is to, is to connect together uh, uh, enough Jews to ensure that Nadler would be the representative. Because if they get too many Puerto Ricans or whatever into his district, uh, he might lose a primary. And so it's just, it, it, it's just, you know, the incumbent protection. You know, and it, it, you know, never mind the partisan well, but nature like I of said, it. Some, uh, some are more equal than other, and some, if they're properly are much connected, much more equal. Much more equal. Uh, uh, six Porsches, six BMWs, a couple of Mercedes, a Ferrari, and a Tesla. What, what yeah, is this? two Teslas. <laughs> In Illinois. Uh, which is a, a one-party state, by the way. That's one of the things about uh, one-party rule is that if you want some corruption, this is the way you get it. By the way, if you could, if you could I, take Cook County out of the state, it would be a purple state. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, remember free COVID-19 testing, kind of like the free vaccine, all of that free stuff was actually mm -hmm. funded by taxpayer money as mm -hmm. the federal government ran up trillions of dollars of new deficit spending for the mm -hmm. pandemic emergency. Whenever government makes something free, it's always taxpayers footing the bill, and you can trust that well-connected people are getting rich from the transaction. And I quote from... Uh, Ooh, WGLT, is that what we, mm -hmm. a Chicago station? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. WGLT News Radio out of Chicago. Anyways, 
the owner of a lab that made hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer money for running COVID-19 tests has amassed a fleet of luxury cars and at least two private planes. Aaron Rossi of Bloomington is CEO at Reditus Labs in Pekin. Uh, Rossi was recently indicted on federal tax fraud charges and faces a lawsuit from a business partner who accuses Rossi of pillaging the company to fund a, quote, nouveau riche, over-the-top lifestyle, close quote. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, I make my, the bulk of my income selling advice to a federal agency, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm still paying for my 2021 Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, it, but but his uh, uh, they obtained the state records uh, through the Freedom of Information Act and found out that his twenty eight vehicles are registered in Rossi's name or that of his company. Uh, six Porsches, six BMWs, two Mercedes Benzes, a Ferrari, and a Tesla. Uh, but also, there were 59 other vehicles registered to Reditus Laboratories, which Rossi owns. That includes nine BMWs, a Porsche, and a Tesla. I've lost count of how many BMWs that is. Help me here. But the, but the point is, at least is 15. There are at least 15 BMWs involved here. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah. of BMWs. I mean, how many BMWs <laughs> does one man need? But the but <laughs> at the peak of the um, in May 2020, at the uh, uh, peak of the um, pandemic uh, panic, uh, Rossi actually appeared at a press conference with Illinois <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker. Um, who, Pritzker is boy is that case man but anyway is he but he gonna got, be in jail well <laughs> he's he governor of Illinois jail? I think that's part of the requirement hey I, 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 I when was the last time a governor of Illinois didn't go to federal prison I they, you know I, I honestly don't know I think the last five have been uh, indicted and gone to jail uh but you know here's here's the thing you know uh this is all about free stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, uh -huh. you don't have to pay for this podcast. You don't have to pay for the podcast, but mm. we'd like it if you'd help us out. And one of the ways you can do that, well, Stacey will tell you about the yellow. Uh -huh. Yes, folks, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column, a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it'll take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, um, pesos, euros, uh, all kinds of denominations. We're not currently taking rubles. Uh, but anyways, you can contribute through my PayPal uh, yellow donate button. Actually, I would be willing to take gold czarist rubles if people want to mail them. I, I'll take anything you got, folks. Uh, we are a capitalist enterprise, so if you will click the yellow button, it will help support my blog, support the podcast, and, of course, keep my wife happy. 
keeping my wife happy is job one, and she likes it when I make money. And so uh, we um, uh, appreciate your support. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hoguash.com. There is in the sidebar a tip jar icon. Click on that, and you'll be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, support the blog by shopping at the Hogwash store. There's a link in the sidebar to that. Or you can support our blogs by shopping using the Amazon links you'll find uh, at uh, Hogwash and the other McCain. Or, and this is a, actually something nice that uh, Amazon does to support bloggers, uh, the Amazon affiliate program. When you use those links that you find at a blog, uh, the blogger gets a little cut of the action, which is a good thing. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes, and that is absolutely truthful stuff. It is not disinformation. <laughs> yes, well, it's it's very important. Uh, yes, the uh, uh, to support the blog uh, because uh, I've I've got a post had a post this week called "What Counts as Russian Disinformation." <laughs> What happened was is that the New York Times sent an email to our friend Candace Owen, uh, who is a conservative. Uh, you, you may know Candace Owen. I, the, the last time I checked, she was a woman. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, Candace received an email from the New York Times, and she wrote about it on Twitter, asking for comment regarding me, quote-unquote, advancing ideas that Ukraine is a corrupt country similar to Russian state TV. Anyways, <laughs> and she replied back to them uh, with a list of links to their own stories about uh, the the corruption in the Ukraine. Okay, this is it, it, corruption. Trying to find corruption in Ukraine is about as difficult as trying to find it in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It, it's well, it's, yeah. it's 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 as difficult as finding uh, catfish in Mississippi. Okay, so, <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, but but uh, everybody's laughing at this idea because, um, it, what is disinformation? Okay. Uh, at one point, it is is what is fact according to the media. Mm -hmm. Think about all this stuff about COVID, right? Well, the difference mm -hmm. between Russian disinformation and fact is probably something on the order of three and a half weeks. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. Anyways, I, I um I linked a story from the Nation, a left wing publication, with the headline "Neo Nazis and the Far Right." are on the march in Ukraine. That was Correct. from February 2019. And the author, by the way, is a Ukrainian-born Jew named Lev mm -hmm. Golinkin. And, and so, <coughs> you know, he links to all kinds of stories mm -hmm. about this fact that there is a right-wing neo-Nazi element in there. Mm -hmm. But if you say, but remember... Putin also says that uh, Ukraine is run by Nazis, you know, despite the fact of their president being Jewish. 
but I guess that's like uh, uh, black people being uh, white supremacists, right? <laughs> it's just, anyways. But um, uh, but the point is, is you know, is that so what? Okay, this is the whole point is, is that is that um, they're just trying. This is all about smearing Republicans as Putin mm -hmm. stooges. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's a, it's something they're trying to do because they realize they're coming up on a complete wipeout uh, in the <laughs> midterm elections, you know. Oh, and yeah. so what the New York Times is doing is what it always does, producing Democratic Party propaganda. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and telling lies about what's going on in Ukraine, which they have a history going back to the 30s on. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still haven't turned that Pulitzer Prize back. They oh, really yeah. need to turn that uh, Pulitzer yeah, Prize the, in. Yeah, the Durante, uh, folks, if you, if, you're, if you don't know, uh, during mm. the, the, what was um, the during terror the famine? The what? Yeah, the, holo, the Holodomer. Yes, terror uh, famine. Yes, the uh, the terror famine in Ukraine uh, was Stalin's, um, uh, where he blamed the kulaks for resisting uh, collectivization of agriculture back in the Soviet era of the 1930s, and um, uh, Robert Conquest the historian, wrote a book about Harvest this. Harvest of so Sorrow. Brilliant book. Read it. Harvest <laughs> of Sorrow. And, uh, and, and when the, uh, after the Soviet Union uh, fell apart, the joke was, mm -hmm. is, is that his book should have been called, I told you so, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, 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 was it William Durante? Yeah. Yeah. William no. Durante of the, the New York Times no, his with name the is Walter. What? Walter, Walter Durante. It really was Thank Walter you. Durante. Walter yeah. Durante. I'm sorry. I, I, I was trying to remember his, his first name. Walter Durante mm -hmm. was the uh, Moscow bureau chief of mm -hmm. the New York Times. And and uh, even the other reporters uh, who were reporting from Moscow regarded him mm -hmm. as a notorious uh, uh Stalin stooge, Stalin stooge, you know, it he was, was terrible. And he just lied about it, you yep. know, yes, denied that it was happening. Meanwhile, though. Uh, well, so did, so did George Bernard Shaw and so did H.G. Wells, who had, who did not, who did, were not uh, under the pressure that Durante was. I will mm -hmm. give Durante only this much. Uh, Stalin planted on had his cage his uh, in that case time at that time um, check out never mind which what their name was um, at that point um, they planted on him a, a gay lover a young man a very young man by the way and um, then proceeded to threaten the young man's life uh, if Durante didn't write what they wanted um, that's the only slack I cut him. Yeah, but, but on you that. know, well, the only the, slack. But the the NKVD turned into the MVD, which turned into right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to the KGB, mm -hmm. which turned into uh, the FSB. The well, it turned into uh, uh, you know uh, one of their colonels running the show over there now. But it's mm -hmm. it 
you know, we it, we're, we're struggling to get good reporting out of uh, Ukraine with the fog <laughs> of war. But from what we're seeing, uh, basically, uh, it's looking like the Russian army is a hollow shell. Yes. Uh, this uh, The most shocking story of the week to me mm-hmm. uh, were the reports that an elite Russian airborne regiment, the 331st Guards, was wiped out in the fighting near Kiev. Uh, Both the regimental commander and his deputy have been confirmed by the Russians as killed in action. Okay? And and so so an entire freaking regiment, allegedly, uh, has... Now, uh, some of them may have been captured or or wounded and captured... uh, well, uh, but even but, if they escaped as a unit, they're wiped out. Yeah, they're yeah, no they have. Yeah, effective. they're, they're not combat ors, infe- effective. Yeah, ors de combat, as the mm-hmm. French would say, uh, that they are no longer, um, uh, no longer a a military unit. They have been essentially wiped out, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, meanwhile, uh, the the Belarusian railway workers. Uh, allegedly sabotaged the railway uh, leading <laughs> into Ukraine. And if you follow the thing, Belarusia uh, sits mm-hmm. up north of uh, mm-hmm. Kiev. And so so the route to Kiev goes through Belarusia. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was, okay, you say it, Belarus. Belarus. Belarus, okay. Well, anyways, but so, so that uh, would, for some uh, sometime cripple. There are already bad logistical uh, uh, problems in there, and, uh, and, and 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 that was just part of it. By, by the way, just as we uh, went, um, uh, came on the um, uh, as we went live. Yeah, as we went live today, I was I was uh, the news is that a seventh Russian general. Has it, yeah. I think this time last week we were reporting, was it five or six Russian We were on five. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, now it's up to seven. Um, and uh, But meanwhile, Joe Biden is trying to get us into World War III. Well, we'll get there, I'm <laughs> sure. But, you know, you had a post a, a, post oh, no. a little bit later in the week about uh, that uh, a Russian news agency leaked what appeared to be no 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 uh, not 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 ukrainian russian that was yeah, the right. thing komsomolskaya pravda yeah, right. yeah uh, they leaked uh, uh russian uh, fig uh, ministry of defense figures basically saying that they were losing like roughly a thousand people a day 400 killed 600 <sighs> captured or uh, wounded uh now, I'm skeptical about that at one level. On the other hand, because it seems a little bit high. On the mm-hmm. other hand, considering the Russian incompetence so far, maybe things really are that bad. Look, mm-hmm. the Russians have been improving their technology uh, of their weapons since the Second World War. And, and But they really haven't made any important structural changes in the way their army works. It's just, it's really, it's very much the same army that Zukov led to Berlin. 
Well, um, yeah, except that in this case, you've got a bunch of uh, conscripts whose term is up on April 1st, next Friday. And uh, uh, what do you think they're thinking? Yeah, well, they, they probably would like to go home. But, you know, uh, 80 years ago, they had an army that consisted mostly of poorly trained conscripts led mm -hmm. by corrupt NCOs and inept mm -hmm. officers. And they may have more advanced tanks or airplanes or whatever, but, you know, just because it's more advanced means it's more susceptible to poor maintenance and maintenance mm -hmm. has obviously not been happening. Boy. And not only that, you talk about the motivation, motiv the motivation uh, of, of those uh, privates that are conscripts. I mean, this is not the great patriotic war. Russia has not been invaded, you know, by the Germans. Uh, and so, you know, and they're being led by inept uh, NCOs and officers. And, you know, my real question is, when does the fragging start? Uh, evidently, well, it already has. But yeah, because uh, the, yeah, there's a story about a colonel getting run over by a private by his own tanker. Yeah, by his <laughs> own tank. And and by the way, the losses, uh, the, this the level of losses that is being reported during the worst year of the Vietnam War, 1968. We mm -hmm. had about sixteen thousand, uh, sixteen thousand five hundred troops killed in action which was an average of 45 a day. If what is being reported is true. It's uh, an order of magnitude worse than us in Vietnam. It's, it's like us in Korea. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. well, it's like, it's like 10 times what we were losing. Yeah. And, 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 and you, uh, I, I mean, I, I, you know, everybody says, well, it's not a really a democracy and it doesn't matter. You don't lose that. You don't suffer that kind of losses and, and mm -hmm. still able to keep fighting it well, just... you know and, and and this is this is the difference you know ukraine has got a bunch of motivated ar uh, armed forces out there they've got their army they've got their reservists they've got uh guys uh uh with farm tractors <laughs> picking up mm -hmm. tanks they've got you know anybody <laughs> who can get his hands on a rifle or a shotgun uh opposing this and mm -hmm. then they've got um equipment like javelin missiles that are just basically shredding uh but the russian tank force i mean th those those missiles are doing to the russian armor what uh machine guns did to the infantry in the first world war i mean it, mm -hmm. this is a major technological change to how to fight and that Russians could still win through brute force. They're a bigger Eventually, country. yes. Yeah, but... Well, uh, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Moran, the chieftain, pointed something out that I find very interesting. He pointed out that we have seen nothing of the uh, of Ukrainian armor and combined arms. What we've seen have, has been essentially a, uh, a very sustained and well-managed, um, slow them down, break them up, um, like almost like skirmishers operating. And right. the major punch of heavy armor and combined arms hasn't happened, and he's been wondering where they are. Now, Nicholas has said, very uh, is really upfront about this, 
we don't know. We are not being shown. Every video we've seen has been heavily edited. And we need right. to be careful about accepting it. Yep. On the other hand, it looks like the Ukrainians are beginning to uh, various kinds of counterattacks rather than it just does. delaying operation. So uh, Stacy uh, has a, a couple of posts uh, over at his blog, starting with the one uh, about a key victory for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was reported um, uh, early this past week um, that Makariv, uh that has been recaptured from the Russians. Now, if you uh, if you look at the map, you see why this is important. And I, I go through this on, on, on my mm -hmm. blog, is that Makariv, uh is the intersection of two highways and is just mm -hmm. north of the main uh, highway going west out of Kiev. Okay, so that it, so that this, uh, if you know why the Battle of Gettysburg was fought at Gettysburg, is because it was mm -hmm. a crossroads town. And so Makariv, apparently the Russians had been north of there and then moved down south and took Makariv. And then uh, Ukrainian forces came in and drove them right out. And, and mm -hmm. there was, was a battle for about two days uh, there. Uh, and it resulted in a Ukrainian victory uh, reported. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and again, we have to go by. But... Um, uh, you know, but this is important. And so uh, mm -hmm. the day after, uh, well, actually two days after that, um, there was another battle. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason, by the way, Makariv, that by taking Makariv, that opened mm -hmm. uh, the road uh, to the western flank of the Russian troops who are holding on around Bucha mm -hmm. uh, and Hostomel. If you remember when the uh, when mm -hmm. the uh, the very first day of the war that uh, the Russian paratrooper seized the airport at mm -hmm. Hostomel, uh, which is mm -hmm. in the northwest suburbs of um, of um, Kiev. Kiev, and. Mm -hmm. uh, and so people got looking at the map on these attacks uh, and, and where the lines are. And once um, Ukraine retook Makariv, it, mm -hmm. it created a, a flanking maneuver uh, mm -hmm. around, uh, around this position. And so if you remember from World War II, the Falaise <laughs> Pocket, okay, mm -hmm. Uh, which was uh, where a a bunch of holdout Germans got surrounded and just pounded to death. Well, uh, but mm -hmm. basically, basically what happened is the British broke through, uh, driving to the north, and then uh, the uh, Amer Pat American Americans came around on the on, on on the bottom side of them, and there was just a little narrow road back toward the direction of Paris, and it got cut. Yep, uh, yeah. and uh, they were know, trapped. Game over. Yeah, yeah. yeah they and, should have just put up their hands, but they went on fighting because, well, it was a bad day. Well, the um, uh, anyways, and and so uh, th the day after, uh, the day after, uh, or 
a couple of days after it was reported that they had taken uh, Makari, uh, I saw a, just a tidbit in a report yesterday that um, one of the most violent fighting points was at, mm -hmm. at a village called Nemashiv. And you look at the map. See, this is the thing. You've got to look at the map. But Nemashiv yes. is, is that, again, this shows them moving toward the flank and rear of the mm -hmm. Russian forces at Bucha. And as I said, if, if this keeps up, uh, at some point in the next day or two, we're going to start uh, hearing about fighting at a crossroads town called Borodyanka. Is that correct? Borodyanka. Is that how you pronounce it? More or less. It's close enough. Borodyanka. Uh, Borodyanka. And if you will look at the map, you will see that this mm -hmm. is, this, by the way, is a town that was taken immediately, okay, mm -hmm. after the Russians uh, invaded, okay? So they have been holding onto this town for more than three weeks. And uh, in order for Ukraine to cut off that force at Bucha, uh, they, they will logically have to take Borodyanka. And so when you start hearing about fighting at Borodyanka, you'll know that this uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive, uh, which is, is what's going on mm -hmm. right now, uh, could... Um, you know, uh, could be on its way to succeeding. Well, you and, know, and that would, if we'll if, see, well, it could, I, I have watched various uh, uh, pundits talking about this and, and you're mm. talking about upwards of 10,000 Russian troops cut off and surrounded uh, yeah. is what it could be. And, uh, and they're no, having trouble no, getting supplies already. Uh, they're reportedly, uh, they'll be out of, they'll be out of, ammunition and fuel uh, and food, and it will be very ugly. Meanwhile, you did have one good commenter on that post. Uh, McGeehee uh, commented, when you're invading and get bogged down, it might be time to reconsider staying in this town. Nemeshiv. <laughs> Nemeshiv. Yes. If you that was if pretty you... good. I was howling as I read that. Yeah, yeah. you got to be pretty old to get the Burma shave joke there. But uh, Nemeshiv, Burma Actually, shave. Actually, there's still some of those signs up. Yeah, mm. well, anyways. But yeah, Burma shave, the old, uh, old uh, promotion. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, have we reached that point? In we the have broadcast? reached that point where we dealt with the dangers of military uh, uh, expeditions. Gunfire. So, so let's just deal with the dangers of crazy people. Yes, wow. it's, it is that point in the broadcast where we talk about crazy people are dangerous. I had a post mm -hmm. this week called The Death of Black Rabbit. Uh, this was. A guy named Chaz Deontay Harrison, 35 years old, uh, who was shot to death by Houston police last month. He wasn't an aspiring rapper, too, was he? No, he was not an aspiring rapper. He was a five-foot-tall would-be <laughs> boxer. Okay. Now, uh, definitely Bantam class. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, 135 pounds and five oh, feet tall and and decided that he would open a, a, a boxing gym called Hoodlum City Fight Club Global. 
Hoodlum <sighs> City Fight Club Global was in, and uh, I, I spent a lot of time uh, <laughs> searching on this guy, and it was a storefront. It has now been turned into a uh, fast food outlet, uh, but <sighs> at, at it was a storefront in a strip mall, uh, and uh, when it opened up in September of of twenty twenty. Uh, and, and with, uh, you know, and, and their motto was that, uh, it's, um, uh, training by fighters for fighters. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, Deontay, uh, Chaz Deontay, and, the, and, and by the way, Chaz is spelled crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, of course, anyways, but it's almost exactly spelled crazy. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Harrison um, uh, spent some time uh, on, spent a lot of time on Instagram. That's all I can tell you. And uh, four days before uh, his unfortunate demise, uh, he, he recorded a video of himself smoking a fat joint and reading a book about astrology, okay? I, and, he, and, and he opened it up. He opened this video by saying, peace, love, compassion, and action is really going down. Know what I'm talking about. Shout out to God. And I, I, I think he was having a mental health crisis, okay? I, I'll just put it to you that way. And... What happened was, is that he went on his birthday, he went to a clothing <laughs> store in the mall and was uh, going to buy some, some stuff and they, his credit card was declined and he caused a disturbance. <clears throat> and then a, a deputy constable who was working security at the mall showed up and according to reports, uh, Chaz Harrison sucker punched the deputy, took his gun, basically unloaded it mm. on the deputy. Just, just you know, shot eight times, killed the guy, mm. and and then was uh, had an ice pick and ran charging at the police who showed up in response to this. And was uh, shot to death, and so and so that is how Black Rabbit died in Houston last month. And the question is, why this guy who never won a boxing match, by the way, thought he could succeed in running a gym? But then again, no why would we want to watch videos of a convicted felon talking about positive vibes? But as I said. <laughs> Crazy people are dangerous. are dangerous. And I hear the boogie woogie in the background that tells us it's about time for the end of the podcast. So we will be back next Saturday, 7 o'clock as usual. Yep, we'll see you then, folks. Good night, Stacy. Good night, Diana. Good night. We'll see you.